0: Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, October 8th. I'm your host, Mike Maharry. Thanks for tuning in. I'm back. So if you were looking for the show last week, you have probably figured out I actually took an episode off. It was the first Friday without a Friday Gold Wrap since I started the show over three years ago. Now, as I've mentioned uh, a few times on the show, my mom passed away last month, so I took a little time off to travel, see my kids, and and really try to decompress a little bit. Um, Honestly, this week really wasn't too close to being normal either. We had my mom's memorial service yesterday. Um, I have been working this week and somewhat following the financial news, but not to the extent that I normally do. So, not sure how cogent this episode is really going to be, but we're going to do our best over here to, uh, to put out a good episode. So, you know, when somebody close to you passes away, you tend to get very self-reflective. This is a quality government officials and central bankers completely lack. There is absolutely no self-reflection in these folks at all. Think about this dumb debt ceiling fight. You've got Democrats blaming Republicans and Republicans blaming Democrats for all of the borrowing and the spending and the debt. They're both right. And they will continue the exact same behavior that brought us to this current debt ceiling impasse into the future. I mean, they act like it's this big crisis, you know, and it's almost like this mission. How did we get here? Dude, look in the mirror. Now, if you haven't heard, yesterday the Senate approved a temporary debt ceiling increase, but basically they just kicked the can down the road to December. It's a $480 billion increase, uh, and that raises the debt limit to $28.9 trillion. But uh, the estimate is that will only last until December 3rd. That means we have time for more political theater. You know, it's so silly because there's a 100% chance that the debt ceiling is going to be raised. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen actually wants to just get rid of the debt ceiling completely. And, you know, that would really be more honest. The whole concept is nothing but a dog and pony show. This is what you get when you have a government that is completely untethered from any constitutional limits. The feds literally think they can do whatever they want, and they do. And that costs a lot of money. So they're going to keep borrowing and spending until this entire Ponzi scheme collapses. And, you know, I don't think calling it a Ponzi scheme is really hyperbole. I mean, think about it. This whole debt ceiling debate reveals a dirty little secret. If they don't raise the borrowing limit, the government may have to default on its debt. I mean, you know, that's the big fear. America could default. So what they're basically saying is If we can't sucker more people into lending us money, the people we currently owe money to aren't going to get paid. We need new borrowing to pay for the old borrowing. This is the definition of a Ponzi scheme. Now, there is another solution to this problem. The $1 trillion coin. Have you heard about this? The Treasury could just mint a trillion dollar platinum coin, deposit it at the Fed, and voila! debt problem solved. The U.S. wouldn't have to borrow money anymore. It could just instantly have a trillion dollars at its disposal. This, of course, is literal money printing. Now, the Fed does this today, but you know the process is indirect. The Fed creates money out of thin air in order to monetize some of the government debt. So the government's borrowing money from you know, people out there, and then the Fed comes in and buys some of that debt and, and monetizes it. So it is printing money. But the coin that would just pre- bypass this whole process and magically create the money. I don't really understand why they even need to go through the formality of minting this coin. You know, why? Why does it have to be a platinum coin? I mean, it would be just as legitimate to write one trillion dollars on a napkin with a crayon and deposit that at the Fed. But I guess they you know, feel like they should at least maintain part of the charade. It really is astonishing to me, though, that serious, and I'm using air quotes around serious, serious people are seriously floating this idea. But see, again, that's what you get when you have an entire school of economics that disconnects money from stuff. I mean, that's the real problem here. The government could create a $50 trillion coin, but it can't create stuff. The Treasury can't mint cars or clothing or food or commodities, uh, appliances, oil, all of the things, all of the stuff that we actually need. What happens when you create more money without creating more stuff? You get rising prices. That's where we are today. We're seeing this play out, but again, you have people with zero ability to exercise some self reflection, they're coming up with dumb ways to solve problems that they created in the first place. But there's no way they're actually going to look in the mirror and say, uh, maybe our policies weren't so good. No, they're going to ignore that part of it and just, you know, hurdle forward, basically doing the same thing over again. And of course, we should expect the same results. So, speaking of inflation, we have some. And as I've said before, inflation isn't just some academic exercise that we talk about because it impacts the markets. This has real effects on real people. So here's the good news. You probably have a little more money in your pocket. And the bad news, even with more cash, you can't buy as much stuff. Personal income from all sources rose by 0.2% from July to August. So this is everything. Wages, stimulus payments, transfer payments, so like unemployment, Social Security, uh, also income from other sources like interest, dividends, rental income. So when you factor in inflation, real personal income fell by 0.2%. When factoring out government transfer payments, real personal income dropped 0.3% and fell below the pre-pandemic level that we had back in February 2020. So a lot of times when I talk about inflation, people just kind of blow me off. They say, well, inflation really isn't that big a deal because wages rise along with prices, and it's really just a wash. Who really cares if prices double as long as wages double too? But you see the problem here, right? Wages never rise as fast as prices, so we're always losing ground. Our purchasing power is declining. Rising incomes mitigate it to some degree, that's true, but not completely. And of course, if you're a saver or if you're on a fixed income, you're totally screwed because your income isn't going up at all and your costs are skyrocketing. So looking a little deeper at this data, we find that Americans are spending more as the economy tries to climb out of the crapper that our benevolent government servants put it in. But half of the spending increase in August simply reflected rising prices. So overall, spending rose 0.8% month on month. But when you factor out inflation, spending was only up 0.4%. So half of the spending increase that we saw uh, between July and August was in fact due to inflation. The increase in spending partially reflects America's return to work and uh, rising wages, with the ongoing labor shortages. But as Wall Street notes, "quote Consumers are still flush with money from a myriad of pandemic-era fiscal and monetary stimulus, from forgivable PPP loans to stock market gains, and they're spending bravely." So, you know, we're still, to some degree, a stimulus-fueled economy. In fact, we had another round of stimulus when we got the uh, child tax credit money that went out. Uh, Either last month or the month before. So what will happen if the Fed tries to pull back on the monetary stimulus that continues to prop up this borrow and spend economy? You know, that's the $64,000 question that you need to wrestle with. Now, A spending shift from goods to services continued in August. Real spending on durable goods fell 1.3% month-on-month. It was the fifth monthly decline in a row after the stimulus-fueled spending binge we saw on goods back in March and April. But real spending on services rose by 0.3% in August. But even with that increase, it remains far below the pre-pandemic levels. Services accounted for about 61% of total spending in August. That compares with about 65% of total spending on services pre-pandemic. Now, this is kind of important because this shift in spending from goods to services could pose a problem for Jerome Powell and his transitory inflation narrative. If consumers continue to shift spending to services and it begins to approach pre-pandemic levels, this could provide the next source of inflationary pressure. Services carry more weight in inflation indices as demand increases and push prices higher. It will impact inflation measures even more than the big spike in durable goods that we saw earlier this year. And of course, we're going to see even more distortions as moratoriums on evictions and loan forbearances run out. You know, a lot of people are able to spend more now because, well, they're not having to pay their rent they're not having to pay their mortgages. At the end of last month, 1.6 million mortgages were still in forbearance. That along with $1.6 trillion, with a T, in student loans. So as these pandemic programs end, people will have less money to spend on stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how this impacts spending as we move forward. But, you know, all of this is a prime example of just how much all of the intervention into the economy by governments and central banks over the last 18 months have distorted the entire economy. We have so many malinvestments and uh, just everything's completely a mess. And it's difficult to predict what will happen as all of these interventions unwind. The other day, I was talking to one of the shift gold precious metal specialists, and he was telling me how hard it is to project anything in the markets right now because virtually everything is breaking down. You know, all of the normal correlations we are used to looking at are falling apart. I mean, the fact that gold and silver are struggling to hold up in such an inflationary environment is just one example. And this is skewing market behavior even more. Peter Schiff talked about it in his podcast this week. I'll link to the episode in the show notes page. He called this a financial twilight zone. And, and, you know, as a result, a lot of people are really frustrated. Understandably so. I know people who put money into gold and silver last year, knowing that the Fed and the government were going to stoke the inflationary fire. We knew what the result of this monetary policy was going to be. And now they're frustrated because, well, they're not getting paid. My feeling is you just have to keep focusing on the fundamentals, on the economics, because you know ultimately markets, no matter how out of whack they 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 tend to revert back to the mean. So here's the reality: no matter what Powell and companies say, inflation is a thing, and it doesn't look all that transitory. Prices continue to spiral upward. The August core. Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index increased by 0.3% and was up 3.6% from a year ago. So this is a measure that excludes food and energy costs, and it's one of the favorite Federal Reserve metrics. This index is at its highest level since 1991. And of course, you know we see this inflationary pressure in the real world. Oil is close to $80 a barrel and climbing. Of course, other energy costs are climbing as well. In fact, a lot of commodity prices are skyrocketing. I mean, even the Fed guys seem to be getting a little bit nervous. Powell said this week that he found the stickiness of inflation frustrating. Yeah, I guess so, because your entire plan for the economy rests on the slim hope, the dream, the fantasy that this inflation is transitory. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard was even more direct. He admitted he was concerned that inflation is here to stay. Quote, I am concerned that the risks are to the upside, that we will continue to get higher than anticipated inflation, and that this higher inflation will persist into 2022. It will dissipate somewhat, but not down to where we would like it to be in 2022. Um, Hasn't Jay Powell been telling us that we don't have to worry about persistent inflation because the Fed has the tools to fight it? Okay, maybe now is the time. I mean, if you can fight it, It seems like this might be a good time to start. Maybe they should have started a while back. But of course, they don't want to because they don't want to pull the monetary props out from under this nutty, fake economy. And again, no self-reflection. We have these central bankers opine about inflation. They talk about supply chain problems and price pressures due to the economy reopening. Bullard went on and on about the psychology of inflation. He's worried because it's becoming acceptable to raise prices in this environment, and that may create an inflationary cycle. But none of these people ever pauses to wonder, maybe pumping trillions of dollars into the economy might have at least something to do with the rising prices? Milton Friedman, who isn't exactly a hack economist, said inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. Powell and Bullard and the rest of them need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. They created this problem. It's a little disingenuous to run around and act like a shrug emoji, pretending like persistent inflation is some kind of mystery. It's not. They printed a bajillion trillion dollars and prices are rising. This is basic economics. And here's the bottom line. The monetary policy isn't going to change significantly. I mean, they're talking about what? Maybe tapering asset purchases a little bit? They're not even talking about raising interest rates. No matter what today's jobs report says, no matter what last month's CPI comes in at, the monetary spigot is going to keep running, even if they slow it down slightly. So plan accordingly. Speaking of the jobs report, uh, as I'm recording this, it's about to come out, I think, in the next like five minutes or so. So we're going to do what we did last month. We're going to put the show on pause for just a moment, and we're going to give you uh, the breaking news on this month's, or last month's, Labor Department report. So go get a cup of coffee, and uh, we'll be back in just a second. All right, the numbers are in. Job growth again way below expectations in September. Uh, looks like 194,000 jobs added. Uh, the estimates that I was seeing were were for a 500,000 uh, job gain, but the unemployment rate fell. It uh, fell to 4.8 percent. 5.1 percent was the projection. So kind of odd. I mean, I haven't obviously looked deep into these numbers. I'm just just looking at the headline numbers. But when I see that few jobs added uh, with the unemployment rate falling that much, that tells me a lot of people are dropping out of the job market. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the internals in these numbers. And of course, we will be uh, digging into them as we move into next week. So, Imagine that might give gold a little bit of a rally because this will give the Fed an excuse to put off tapering a little bit longer. We can keep the money spigot running. So there you go, 194,000 jobs added in uh, September. The expectation was 500,000. So I guess disappointing if you're looking at labor statistics. So what's it mean? How should you play it? I recommend talking to a shift gold precious metal specialist. You can do that today. Just call one gold 160 or you can shoot the folks an email over at info at shiftgold.com. And uh, you know, as, as I mentioned before, these guys are fantastic, and they will look at your investment goals, where you are, what you want to do, and help you figure out how precious metals can fit into your investing portfolio. So talk to them today. Meanwhile, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. Of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com slash news. Uh, If you haven't done it already, I can't imagine why not, but you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap uh, over at Apple Podcasts. Uh, We're on the Shift Gold YouTube uh, channel. We're on Stitcher. You'll find links to this stuff over on the show notes page. I appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.